today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Another week and uh, and more concern and more talk about what's going on with the Red Hill. And, uh, of course, there was the, the report that the council never saw. We know all about that now and the concern about safety issues on there. And this, this actually dovetails into some ongoing discussions that city council have had for a number of years, actually since the, the road opened about safety measures and a number of other things, and Council, to their credit, have actually started some initiatives in that regard. Well, there's another report right now, the latest safety review of the Red Hill Valley Parkway, says more lighting is needed. Now, not everybody's on side with that, including some of the area residents and some environmentalists. Chad Collins is uh, the Council for Ward 5, and uh, actually, uh, and he joins us right now on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Thanks, Chad, for the uh, time. Glad you could join us today. Thanks for having me on, Bill. I was going to paraphrase Sarah Palin and say you can actually see the Red Hill from your backyard from where you live out in the east end of the city. But, I mean, I, you, you're pretty – almost, I, almost. You're I, well acquainted with the road. Let's that, put it that way. That's right. I'm a couple blocks from it from a residential perspective, and I use it every day like many Hamiltonians do. All right, let's let's talk about the lighting issue, and we'll maybe dovetail into some of these other things. And I wanted to get your read because I haven't talked to you for a week or two about uh, some of the other things that have cropped up. Lighting, mm-hmm. lighting has been a concern and, and, and almost a controversial issue right from day one, hasn't it? It has, and I, you know, um, I was on council when we were just in the final stages of the environmental assessment, and um, and certainly if you you go back to those days, you know, we had um, the Save the Valley group, and um, we we also had the countering groups, uh, Expressway the Right Way group, and um, and there was the back and forth over you know the the loss of trees, certainly the impact on the natural environment, including wildlife. And then there was certainly lots of discussion, probably going back to the 1950s, well before my time, in terms of the impact of, that the road would have on the adjacent area. And, and that included a discussion around uh, certainly lights uh, and uh, obviously uh, air pollution, uh, noise from the vehicles. And so, um, yeah, lots of discussion in terms of its original design and, and the impact that it would have not just on the natural environment, environment, but for those people who use the valley for recreational purposes back in the day. And those people who resided around it on a on a permanent basis. And that, so, yeah. by the way, that historical perspective I think is rather interesting because for those that weren't around back in those days, uh, they need to understand that the design of that road and and as you mentioned, even the accoutrements along the road, that it's mm-hmm. really a compromise, isn't it? Because that's not the way it was it was planned initially, anyway. That's right, and you know many of the um, many of the changes that were made during the environmental assessment review process were as a result of those discussions and the compromises that came about with those people who were fighting for a better environment and for a road that would be more integrated and more sustainable uh, as it relates to its uh, correlation with the valley adjacent to it and obviously those neighbors who live next to it. And so the you know I think you had Councillor Marula on before who talked about the geometry of the road and how that was changed and altered in order to miss the creek. And, um, you know, there was some concern historically, Bill, if you go back to the, the 70s and I think even into the 80s, some of the, many of the creeks locally were redesigned and rechanneled with concrete. And yeah. so it was very common back in those days just to pour concrete along the, the banks, uh, move the creek over, and uh, and there are consequences. There are environmental issues that uh, are related to that. And, and as time has progressed, those uh, environmental standards have changed. And we now today do everything we can to ensure that we leave the natural environment in in its original place as best as possible. And so the geometry of the road, back to your question, was part of that discussion. Because uh, initially, because I've, I've heard, I'm sure you have, Chad, people saying, why can't it just be like a straight line like the, the link yeah. is for the most part? And I said, well, that was sort of what was conceived initially. 
That's right. But uh, the, the NDP government back in the early 90s actually hired David Crombie, the former Toronto mayor, uh, to do assessment. And uh, he actually said, yeah, you need the road and it needs to be there, not over in Fruitland Road, which was one of the other options. But Correct. they talked about, well, basically the configuration that you've got now and said that's the most environmentally friendly way to do it. That's right. And, and that's, you know, that curved design that you see at the bottom as you pass Green Hill and then through King and Queenston, that design is as a result of some of that compromise. And that was to avoid the creek, leave it in its current state. Of course, it was rechannelized um, in, in other areas, uh, specifically around the golf course. And, and um, But in, in that area in particular, um, the geometry of the road is uh, designed in such a way that it protects the creek. Okay, so... Uh, from the mo- first moment I drove on that uh, at night, I, I always said it, it's it's awfully dark, and and I know yep. a lot of roads are, and and you've heard that from day one, I'm sure, from a lot of the people that have used that road. So you you've had staff to come back, and they've essentially come back with a report, I guess, from a, another set of uh, of experts here that basically say, yeah, it, it does need more lighting. What's your reaction to that? Well, that uh, came as a surprise to me because, as you know, you had me on back in, I think, 2013, Bill, on the show to talk about my original request, Mm -hmm. which was to, you know, add some additional lighting. And to be clear, as a road user several times a day, um, you know, as I was making my way through the first, you know, couple of years of operation, specifically that area around Dartnell, as you're getting, as you're transitioning from the link onto Red Hill, that area right at the top is very dark, yeah. and especially during periods of inclement weather. So if there's uh, snow or ice um, or even, you know, rain on the road, for me, um, you know, driving through inclement re- weather conditions, it's very hard to follow um, the, the lines on the road. And so um, I had heard similar complaints from, you know, not too many, but a handful of residents who would casually call or I'd run into them at the grocery store and they'd say, you know, Chad, I'm finding it difficult to see the lines as I'm heading around that bend at the top. So back in 13, um, 2013, I, I went to Public Works and asked that we conduct a safety review. You know, I, I'd always been told that, uh, you know, lights weren't permitted because it was, um, you know, there were environmental reasons. There were issues as it relates to wildlife. It, it, there was mention of light pollution. But I thought maybe standards had changed uh, to a point where in 2013, there may be an opportunity for some limited addition uh, and, uh, uh, and illumination in certain areas where it, it may be warranted from a safety perspective. And so we we asked our staff to go off. That study was conducted. It was the first one conducted on the road, and it came back and suggested that, um, you know, that, that for light pollution reasons and other issues that it, that it wasn't warranted. And um, and that same request was made, I think, the, subs- the next safety review was from Councillor Marula just two or three years later, and those same terms were used in that report that uh, it would be there'd be detrimental environmental impact. Um, there are restrictions, so to speak. And this most recent report says something different. It says that um, lights were never prohibited, um, that um, they are are permitted, and uh, they may actually be warranted uh, in in certain areas. So lots of questions at this point in time, Bill, in terms of kind of the mixed messages that have been sent. Um, my desire back in 2013 was to see some additional illumination, and certainly there'd be a, a, a public process to that. You know, as you mentioned, there are people who permanently reside adjacent to the road. Um, lighting, as, the, as today's article references, Matthew's article in the Spectator references, lighting has changed a lot in terms of the type of lighting that can now be installed along uh, major thoroughfares. And so it's not like the 1970s, where once you put the pole in, it's, you know, basically... Um, it's uncontrolled. Today, it's much more uh, design-friendly, um, 
and uh, it can be controlled. It can be specifically directed to certain areas, and light pollution can be reduced just based on the type of poles and the type of lights you use. So, so I, I'm, you know, as today's article says, I'm. I, I was surprised to see the recent assessment done by the SEMA report, which really is contrary to some of the past comments and statements that have been made to council. And, well, and that's the takeaway I from got from that. Reviews. I mean, we can talk about lighting or no lighting, and I understand mm-hmm. the environmental concerns, but we covered that that topic extensively on this program. And you're right, I, you, you've yep. been on, Sam's been on, I've had other councillors, Tom Jackson and other councillors uh, whose who's wards abut the, the, that part of the road. Mm-hmm. And, and for the, this report to say lighting was never uh, an ob, a problem, it was, was never banned, it's, yes, it was. Or somebody, anyway, and staff said it was, because that's the information that you guys were given. And for this report to come back and say, no, it was never prohibited, I, I, I find just totally mind-boggling, because that's yep. totally new information to us, because you fought for this. The compromise you got was cat's eyes on there, which is which mm-hmm. is a good idea, right. but yeah. not as good as lighting. And and you yep. thought, okay, if that's all we're allowed to do, I guess that's what we're going to do. But for these guys to, to come back with this report and say, no, no, you could have put lighting in there any time. Uh, mm-hmm. which is totally contrary to what you've been told by staff, which is, in my mind, strike two. I mean, there's this report, and now you get somebody on staff was misleading you at that time by saying, no, you can't do that. And it even suggests, Bill, that going back to the environmental assessment, it says that the illumination was not part of the original design of both parkways. So that uh, in itself even takes it back further to the, to the 1990s. So lo- lots of questions at this point in time in terms of where we're going. I mean, uh, Obviously, there's been a public push and a political push from almost, you know, day one to see safety improvements, and not just for lighting, but for other things. And it's hard to make, you know, decisions when you don't have either all the information or the right information. And and all I can say is that we're going to keep asking for it. I know Councillor Marula and Councillor Jackson and and others, Councillor Clark, you know, are always looking for ways and means in which to improve it. There's a long list of here of improvements for Council to consider. I can't see why we wouldn't implement and all of them, as we have with all of the other reports that have been presented. And um, and it's always about pushing the envelope and, and trying to find ways and means in which to to find opportunities to make the road safer. And again, you know, we know that through this report, what it does have in common with all the others that we've received is that safe, that speeding is a, a huge issue on the road. And this one even went further to talk about how many vehicles are speeding. And, and it, it suggests that on coming down the Red Hill, that 34% of the vehicles that are making their way down that hill are going over 100 kilometers an hour. And, of course, the posted speed limit uh, normally is 90. It's, it's now 80 in certain space, uh, places. But to, to know that a third of the traffic coming down is going at least 20 kilometers over the posted speed limit is a, is a problem. And so, I, I, you know, I don't want to discount the fact that lighting is going to improve things, but if, if people's driving habits don't improve, you can have all the lights you want on that road if people are going 120, 130, 140. And we've even seen, you know, and I think it's been covered on, on your show and other places where cars have been impounded oh, yeah. um, in, on that stretch of road by the police for going so far over the speed limit. That continues to be a problem. So, I, again, back to driver education, and, and we can do all the things in the world to, to design the road to make it as safe as possible. But if speeding continues to be a problem, then, uh, you know, that's that's a difficult difficult issue to overcome. There's no doubt And, and look, I understand that there's an allowance, because I know we've had a, a number of people that have chimed in on, on that particular issue. And, and mm-hmm. I know that, that engineers have told us that if a road is designed 
uh, and and you decide the speed is going to be, for instance, ninety kilometers per hour. Mm-hmm. It, it, there's really an allowance of about ten or twelve kilometers above that for road safety because they understand That's that right. not everybody's going to comply. Uh, but when you're going twenty or thirty kilometers over, obviously you're you're, you're taking uh, your your life into your hands or somebody else's life into your hands when you do that. But I guess mm-hmm. one of the more troubling aspects of this report, though. Is is here we are with the, uh, the, the concern about lighting at the top. And that's not even the most controversial part of the roadway, uh, mm-hmm. uh, based on some of the other reports that you guys never did see. Of course, with where some of those those collision locations down below, and mm-hmm. and it, it now because we used to say, well, it's just one little stretch here down by King Street and 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 May uh, down around Queenston Road, etc. And all those curves. Now mm-hmm. we're finding out. Now there's some major safety concerns here. I mean, it, it's got to give you some second thoughts, Chad. That maybe we need to relook at this whole project right now. Not not whether or not we should have had. But the yep. design of it, and whether or not you guys were given totally clear and concise information about this from day one. Yeah, and, t- and two issues to address that bill. Number one is obviously we're going to have a, an official investigation that will get to the bottom of all of the information that's pre- been presented historically, and who knew what at what point in time. And you know, I've certainly seen all the social media stuff that goes on, and so we'll we'll have an, an open and transparent process there, and and people will will get an opportunity to see all the information. Second, um, and we've already approved this, and, and that is that, you know, we're going to be now looking at all components of the road. We're now, you know, an, an, um, almost two decades through since the original environmental assessment was done. Um, it's, you know, been well over a decade now since the road opened. And so the motion that we passed, uh, and I know it was overshadowed by much more important things to cover as part of this review, but the motion we passed last week was to look at everything in terms of going, looking at the geometry of the road, um, looking at all aspects of safety design again, uh, we're obviously, in, you know, and you've covered this in different forums, Bill, and that is the um, widening to six lanes. Um, we're also talking about where we go with the province because you can't widen the road to six lanes until you resolve the bottleneck issues at the 403 out in Ancaster Way and the QEW issues, you know, close to the lake and, and the Stony Creek area. So, and of course, when you widen it, then you're into the whole issue of the medians, which has been a topic of conversation as well. So all of these issues will be part of um, a review that's coming up. Um, you know, we approve the funding to go out and, and hire, um, uh, to go through the, uh, uh, the hire a consultant to go through that process. We'll, we'll need certainly some assistance externally to do that. And uh, all of those issues will get us to, I think, a place where the road is safer and uh, and modern and we'll be using utilizing modern standards. A lot has changed since the 1990s when this originally had to go through it, the original hoops and hurdles for the environmental assessment at the provincial level. And so I'm I'm anxious to see the results and findings of of those studies and and you know I'm sure Councillor Marula and I and, and Council and the Mayor will continue to find ways and means in which to make the road safer in the interim. Well, and which leads to the debate about actually who's going to do that study. But we'll get to that. That's a date for another day, I guess, after you get your Mm -hmm. report from the consultants. Chad, thanks so much for the update on this. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks, Bill. Chad Collins, the uh, counselor for Ward 5, which, of course, uh, abuts, well, it's right in the middle, I guess, of the, uh, the, uh, the Red Hill Valley Parkway. And the controversy continues. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.